G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Today on the program, I want to introduce you to two people who perhaps more than any other Bible characters show us how easily you and I can fall into idolatry, how easily you and I can turn our backs on God and then tell ourselves that what we're doing is just fine. These two people are like mirrors of who we are and how stupidly we sometimes behave. Bernie Diamond and welcome again to the program as we take a look at our own capacity for self-delusion, our own stupidity, if we're perfectly honest about it, from a different perspective. As I said, I want to introduce you to a couple of Bible characters from the Old Testament book of Judges, who in a single chapter, Judges chapter 17, show us how easily we can fall into idolatry. Now, these aren't any of the A-list players like Abraham or Moses or Isaiah. These are just two people who only appear this one time whose story in the context and in the whole sweep of Israel's story told across the Old Testament is frankly pretty insignificant. And yet God chooses to have their story included in the Bible, in a book that frankly not many of us go to all that often. In fact, when I shared a message about these two people at our church recently, my pastor came up to me afterward and commented, that's great, it's good for us to go to books in the Bible that we don't go to all too often. Well, there's a reason I've gone to this chapter. We're told in the New Testament, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that everybody who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work, 2 Timothy 3.16. Now, this particular one is one of those sorts of scriptures. It's the story about a woman, we don't find out her name, and her son Micah. Now, this is not the Micah who wrote the Old Testament book of Micah. Different guy altogether. So let's dive in and have a bit of a look at their story. We're going to Judges chapter 17, beginning at verse 1. There was a man in the hill country of Ephraim whose name was Micah. He said to his mother, The eleven hundred pieces of silver that were taken from you, about which you uttered a curse and even spoke it in my hearing, that silver is in my possession. I took it, but now I will return it to you. And his mother said, May my son be blessed by the Lord. Then he returned the 1,100 pieces of silver to his mother. And his mother said, I consecrate the silver to the Lord from my hand for my son to make an idol of cast metal. So when he returned the money to his mother, his mother took 200 pieces of silver and gave it to the silversmith who made it into an idol of cast metal. And it was in the house of Micah. This man Micah had a shrine, and he'd made an ephod and a teraphim and installed one of his sons who became his priest. You see, in those days there was no king in Israel. All the people did what was right in their own eyes. Now, it starts off as quite a bizarre story. Mum has lost 1,100 pieces of silver. That was a huge amount of money for them back then. No doubt this was her life savings. There were, of course, no banks with high-interest accounts or, or even with safety deposit boxes for her to secure her fortune in. So she did what everyone else back then had to do. She hid it. Nevertheless, it was stolen. 
Imagine having your life savings stolen. All your financial security, any sense of a happy retirement is gone. And then all of a sudden, it emerges that her son, young Micah, was the thief. Her own flesh and blood. He'd nicked all her money, and now, obviously, his conscience gets the better of him, and he returns the money. Now, Mum should have been outraged. She should have been angry at this terrible act of of theft and deceit. Instead, she says, "'Ah, may my son be blessed by the Lord.'" Well, of course, it's good to forgive someone quickly, but I think Freud would have had a field day with that one. And then to celebrate, she does what? She goes and makes an idol cast of metal using 200 pieces of silver, which in itself was a huge amount of money. And she consecrates the silver idol to the Lord our God. Have you ever heard of anything as crazy as that? In the first of the Ten Commandments, you shall have no other gods before me. The second of the Ten Commandments, you shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above, or that is on the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them and worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of their parents to the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. How could they have taken something good, the silver, and turned it into something bad, the idol? The answer comes in the last verse of the passage that we read earlier, because in those days there was no king in Israel, all the people did what was right in their own eyes. And that right there is exactly what we do. We reject authority, we reject the authority of God's word, and we do what's right in our eyes. I I had an elder in a church tell me recently that he doesn't read the Bible because he finds it boring. Really? That same elder has come to the conclusion that he thinks that sex outside marriage is fine. Well, of course he would, because he's rejected God's word. And that's exactly what we do when we take something good and we turn it into an object of sacrifice and worship, which displaces our worship of God and the rule of God's word in our lives. It removes Jesus as the Lord of our lives. We ignore God's word and replace it with what seems to be right in our own eyes. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Idols are imposters. They rob us of God's best. If Micah's mother had truly wanted to bless God to celebrate the return of her life savings, there are a whole bunch of other things she could have done with the 200 pieces of silver. She could have given it to the poor. She could have taken it to the Levites to use in the service of God. Hey, she could even have thrown a party in honour of God and his goodness. The one thing she couldn't do to honour God was to build an idol, which, by the way, then took up residence in Micah's house to further lead him astray. And just as easy as it was for Micah and his mother to pervert the word of God, that's how easy it is for you and me when we reject his word, because we think we're smarter, we think we're wiser, we think that our ways are better than his ways. I see it happen in people's lives time and time again, and I have to guard against it in my own life over and over again. Idolatry is singly one of the most natural sins that we can commit, and we do it at our peril. So back to your life, back to your submission or your rejection of God's word, back to how you choose to live humbly under the word of God or doing what seems right in your own eyes. And the reason I'm being so blunt here, so direct here, is that idolatry is deadly. Idolatry saps the faith out of you. Idolatry causes you to wander off and to reject God. And I believe that God is speaking to you and me today, calling us back to him. I believe that of the millions of people listening to this message around the world today, there are many, many, many who need to hear this call back to God's very best for them. Are you one of them? 
If so, then listen up. Listen to what God's word is saying to you today. Jonah chapter 2 verse 8. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. Psalm 16 verse 4. The sorrows of those who run after another god shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names on my lips. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 4. Do not turn to idols or make for yourselves any gods of cast metal, for I am the Lord your God. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 14. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. 1 John chapter 5 verse 21. Little children, keep yourself from idols. Are you hearing God's call to you today? Those were just a small fraction of the scriptures that call us away from the idols we set up in our lives and in our homes. They're just a fraction of what God has to say about the imposters that we would fill our lives with. They're just a tiny smidgen of the scriptures through which God cries out to us to call us back to his best, Jesus, his son. Please, please, please hear God's cry to you today. Please heed his call. Please turn away from your idols and back to Jesus for Christ's sake. Life can be hard work some days. And as that daily grind just kind of grinds away at us, it's easy to forget that Jesus died and rose again to give us victory. That's why every now and then, just as the Spirit leads, perhaps when you least expect it even, I'd love to send you a short text message of encouragement straight to your phone. That's what Victory SMS is all about. Roughly every other week, I ask the Lord, what word of encouragement could I give today? So if you like the occasional word of encouragement, head across to victorysms.org and when you do subscribe, you'll immediately receive a free copy of my ebook, Power Unlimited. Thousands already have, and the most common response, hey, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. How did you know that? Thank you so much. It's simply amazing how powerfully the Spirit of God can move through just a short text message. And I'd love to encourage you too to live your life in victory. Again, that web address is victorysms.org. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.